In today's episode, which marks the last of my four-part series talking about the diet mentality, the diet mentality is so wide, it's vast, it's been there before a long time, it's entrenched, and so many women that I speak to and that I work with are entrenched in this way of thinking, including my guest Kira, who's a nutritionist, and also myself. And so we just exchange stories and we just listen to stories like Kira's today, where she's sharing how she broke through her own struggles before she became a nutritionist and and she's telling us why she became a nutritionist and how she overcame her personal stories, personal battles and personal issues in her own life. Now, before we get into today's episode, I do also want to make you aware that this may trigger some people who have an eating disorder. So I just want to let you know that we are talking about eating disorders, we are talking about binging, etc. So before you listen, just want to make you aware that that is the content that we're talking about but also for those who continue to listen we're talking about how and what steps you can take to overcome that so I hope you enjoy today's episode if you have any questions about wanting to reach out to Kira or questions that were discussed or raised in this episode please contact me please email me faithfoodfitness at memoirsoffaith.co.uk for now hope you enjoy the episode Hello and welcome to Memoirs of Faith, Food and Fitness podcast, where I share topics that are faith, food and fitness related. Now, I'm passionate about coming alongside mums who are desperate to lose the postpartum weight, whether that's 12, 6, 9, 18 months after the baby has been born, no longer nursing, and now you want to shed those extra pounds. I'm committed to helping you reach those goals. Or if you're that mum that wants to make healthier meal times, I'm going to equip you and help you do that. And so I'm your host, Verona, a qualified sports nutrition coach, a personal trainer, and I'm a woman of faith. In each episode, you will be challenged and encouraged to take the steps that you need in your own fitness and nutrition journey. If your goal is to learn more about how you can navigate your fitness, nutrition journey with confidence and boldness this my friend is the place for you and I'm so glad you're here now let's get into today's episode hi everyone welcome to the show so I'm so excited to have you guys here today and the series podcast that I have done over the last four weeks has been about the diet mentality and how much it can affect us and how much we don't really know it affects us until we're out of that kind of thinking and that kind of lifestyle. So I'm so excited to have my next guest, Kira, who is actually a nutritionist. And she's going to share a little bit about her story where she struggled with the whole diet mentality process herself and how she overcame it to becoming a nutritionist and how she's helped her clients overcome it too. So Kira, over to you and welcome to the show. Thank you. So hey, everyone, I'm Kira Whittem. Um, as you said, yeah, I'm a nutritionist, but I wasn't always a nutritionist. (laughs) Actually, um, I became a nutritionist about five years ago. Prior to that, I was a middle school teacher. So um, most people that gets them questioning, okay, well, why the change? So I was that person, that kid and that adult who struggled with chronic digestive issues. So I was always searching for answers on why do I not feel well? And eventually somebody said, maybe you should consider how you're eating. And as funny as it sounds, it just didn't click for me. Like I assumed if there's food in restaurants and on the grocery store shelves, it's healthy, right? There's no such thing as healthy versus unhealthy. It's all the same. It's food, it's calories. So I started just changing some things in my diet, eliminating some things. And sure enough, I started feeling better. And so then I decided, you know, I'm going to go back to school to study nutrition to help myself. I wasn't thinking of other people at that point. It was really, I just want to feel better. And by the time I finished 
my master's degree, I was like, I, I think I want to help other people. Like I'm helping myself, but also at the same time, I had become obsessed with food because I started realizing how it made me feel. But then there was a bit of a yo-yo thing. So for years, I just wanted to lose weight. Like I wanted to feel better, but because I was feeling so poor and I was so inflamed, I had gained weight. So then it was, let me try the South Beach diet. Let me try the zone diet. Let me try paleo. Let me try Atkins. I mean, literally I was trying every diet out there. I mean, two, three weeks at a time. Then I'd go back to old habits, you know, binge eating, and then I go back to dieting. So then when I finished my degree in nutrition, I was still doing that, but I was doing it with healthy foods. So then I became obsessed with, well, did I get this many servings of vegetables in a day? Did I eat this? Oh my gosh, did I have too much sugar? Do I need to do a juice cleanse tomorrow because I had too much sugar yesterday? And so it just became this vicious cycle of going from unhealthy diets to healthy diets, but still not healthy because I'm sure you know, like going through that yo-yo and just constantly beating yourself up because what you're eating wasn't good enough is not healthy in itself. Obviously, I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) It took a while to kind of change that mentality. And I still struggle. I mean, years later, there are days where my husband will say to me, like, you're obsessed. You're, you know, you you had enough vegetables or it's okay if you didn't get all those in. You're not going to kill yourself. You're not going to feel terrible tomorrow. But I feel for women who go through this because we do, we start to look at ourselves differently. We start to beat ourselves up and it becomes an obsession. And then you're not good enough and all of these mental spirals that we go down. Wow, you're talking and I've got tears in my eyes because it's literally identifying where I was uh, in that position and it takes so long to come out of that because you've literally got to renew your mind, you've literally got to change the way that you think. And especially if you're used to going from one diet to another, you've adopted that way of eating then you've got to quickly switch to another way of eating and then your mind is just all over the place and like you said it's literally affects your family relationships now and sometimes it affects your friendships as well where we can become so like you said obsessed talk to us a little bit more about how you overcame that yeah so it's funny because actually <laughs> it was a friend um who said something to me years ago I don't know what diet I was on at that point, but she said, you know, what are you doing next week? And initially I kind of laughed it off. And then I realized, you know, she's right. Why am I doing this? Like, what am I seeking? So that's where I think some of the inner journey started coming in of what is my goal? Is it to to look perfect for other people? Is it to just feel good? Because at that point I was feeling good. You know, I wasn't seeking out a therapeutic diet anymore because my symptoms had resolved. I think that there was still, of course, some fear of going back and, oh my gosh, I'm not going to feel well if I eat this. But it was going through the negative self-talk and all of those beliefs that I had, because I think at that point it was no longer about pleasing myself. It was about that external body image and pleasing others. If I had gained all this weight before, I want to look good. I want to feel good. I want others to approve of me, which looking back now, I laugh at that. It's like, why do we care? (laughs) Why do we care what others think? But it had become such an external thing. So just her saying that little thing got me started thinking about that. And I think at that point, I gradually started decreasing that obsession of, you know, just, okay, I'm going to eat the foods that I know my body feels good with. And I'm going to stop obsessing. I'm going to stop thinking of food as good or bad. And honestly, that is still a struggle today. And I have to tell that to my clients. You know, there are unhealthy and 
and healthy foods, but I hate to look at things as good or bad because that's where you get into that beating yourself up again of, I can't eat those bad foods. That's bad. It's not okay to eat, you know, versus those are treats. You know, I'm going to nourish my body. I'm going to eat these things that come from the earth and I'm going to make that the majority of my diet. But I, you know, I have a day where I want a cookie or I want to go out to eat with my husband or I want a glass of wine or a cocktail or whatever. It's okay. You know, because I've eaten healthy already. I'm not going to beat myself up. So like I said, it became a mental game. And that's something that I tell my clients is, you know, I can coach you, but until you make that connection of in your mind of, okay, there's no more good and bad. Why am I doing this? Like, who am I doing this for? Is this for myself? Is there something that's lacking in my life? Is there something that I'm missing out on? Are there these beliefs that I've been told over the years? That is when you can start to change that whole diet mentality and stop, you know, doing a million things. <laughs> and like I said, you're not you're not going to be out of that forever because there are still days where like I said my husband is like, "Hello, you had enough vegetables, you're being obsessed, you know, eat some more tomorrow, you'll be fine." And he's right. You know, my body's not going to break down in one day because, oh my gosh, I had three servings of vegetables versus five or whatever it might be. It's a mental thing for sure. It is. Talk to us a little bit about the realistic time frame that takes, because I know for myself and I know definitely when I speak to people and I have conversations with people, it's literally, I remember seeing a comment that said, okay, if this diet doesn't work, I'm going to just go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. But talk about how realistic it is and the time frame that it would take to, and I know it's individual for each person, but if you could give a time frame, realistically, given yourself and the clients that you work with, what is a realistic time frame to be able to work through that? Gosh, I would say probably anywhere from three months to a year, just really depending on the person and where they're at in their mental state. I mean, if my friend had told me that you know, 15 years ago when I was moving from Atkins to this to that to feel better and to look better, I was not mentally in that state. It easily would have taken a year of working with someone to change my mindset, to change all those beliefs and to get me to view food differently versus a few years ago when I at least was eating healthier, I was finishing up my nutrition degree. I was at that place where I knew I no longer needed to just kind of bounce around. It was more being obsessed with the healthy versus unhealthy that could have been about three months. But yeah, it's not overnight. <laughs> I'll say that. It's definitely not. And it's good to kind of hear that, a realistic expectation to kind of give as a guide or a baseline. And it can take more, it depends on when, where the person is at, as you said. So it's just to kind of have that kind of realistic expectation. Because mm -hmm. I know for myself, when I was there, I just wanted it done. I, I, I want to get this fact done. Like, when mm -hmm. can I, what can I do to get it lost quickly? And then that's when I discovered about binge eating. I, and I used to think wrongly, binging was when somebody ate food and then would make themselves sick. And binging can take on several different forms, especially when it comes to dieting, because you're restricting yourself from something that you like under the label of, okay, I need to stop eating this because I need to lose fat or I need to lose weight or I want to do this or I need to get into my wedding dress. Whatever the reason is, we label it under the diet so we don't eat that particular food. And that restriction then leads on to the binging. So um, is that something you've experienced or have you worked with some clients who have experienced the same thing? Yes and yes. So, I mean, that's the thing. Years ago, when I was really yo-yoing from diet to diet for the weight loss, not the health, I would say, yeah, I'd have some moments of healthy eating and I'd be so proud of myself. And then if I slipped up, and I had something I knew I wasn't supposed to have. It was like, well, the day's a wash, whatever. 
So then I'd sit in front of the TV at night and eat, you know, an entire thing of Oreos with milk. No joke, just dipping them because it's like, well, my day was away. So what does it matter? Or, you know, sitting with a bag of chips and having no self-control. So that aspect of binging would take place. And then I also think when I was really doing it for the weight loss, I was counting my macronutrients religiously. And that was, oh, that was a terrible period of time because I was given the exact amount of protein and carbs and fat, and I needed to meet that every single day to lose weight, right? So then it was like, if I would get to the end of my day and I had not met things, no joke, I'd be shoving Pop-Tarts in my mouth because I need more carbs and fat. And at that point, it wasn't a health thing. You know, I wasn't looking at sugar content or, hey, that's highly processed with artificial things and that's not gonna make you feel good. That's not nourishing your body. But I was obsessed with losing weight. So the binging came in a different form. I mean, it was structured binging, you know, I'll say that in quotes of, oh, I need more fat. So I'm eating tablespoons of peanut butter, but it was still binging. And I definitely have clients that will do similar things. I don't have them count macros because it just led to an unhealthy relationship with food for me. So I feel like I don't want to put anyone else through that. But there are times where they'll say, you know, like I did really well. And then I had a stressful day and I went home and I started eating unhealthy things. And then I was like, well, you know, Kira's already going to be mad at me because I ate this. So I'm just going to eat whatever, which is far from the truth. I tell people, well, you slipped up, get back on the wagon tomorrow. It's not a big deal. But you know, so many people still have that mentality. So my clients will do the same thing. And it's I, you know, I sat on the couch and I ate these things, or I had a stressful day, or I had an argument with a friend or my spouse. And yeah, binging comes in all different forms. And it happens a lot. Absolutely. And it's funny you talk about macros, because I'm actually a macros coach. (laughs) But but it's funny because it's it then goes down to macros and and I and I've literally just um, put together a course and I've put in the course who it's for and who it isn't for mm-hmm. and I think it's important to distinguish that because somebody again who's still deep entrenched in a diet mentality and a diet mindset could be like okay right let me try this this hasn't worked low carbs hasn't worked for me keto hasn't worked for me um, slimming work. all of these things haven't worked for me let me try this it looks shiny it looks new I've seen the pictures they've lost so much weight I want that and I I would not be a good coach or personal trainer whatever label I would have put on it if I never told you that if who it's right for and who it isn't right for and that's why I believe strongly that there isn't one diet for everybody mm-hmm. there can't be otherwise we'd all be on it and we'd all have success so it's literally about what works for you and then and, and please chime in here but it's literally about what works for you and yeah so if you if you're somebody who likes structure I happen to like structure and I happen to um like to be like right what am I eating and if I don't meet my carb count I don't meet my carb count if I go over it I go over it for me then it's about putting in place okay what I can do to have less carbs or whatever it is on a day forward but it's it's literally a way of eating a way of eating and for me coming out of the diet mentality and experiencing binging this allows me to enjoy food as a whole I don't always take my scales to a restaurant or my (laughs) friends or my family's house I can eat freely without tracking if I want to don't want to track one day I don't track one day it but it's taken me a process to get to that place and I understand not everybody's going to be in that place so I'm glad that you put that and it's important for clients to know that whether they work with you whether they work with another coach it's important to ask macro coaching isn't for everybody but it's about supporting you in your journey 
in the style of eating that you do and yeah i think that's de- that's that's definitely important to to put but i like the way that you put that and and to be honest i've never really heard about intuitive eating and all that i literally became qualified obviously mm-hmm. being a coach you, you, it's 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 not you must eat macros or you must do this it's neutral if you come to me as a client and i'm sure if a client comes to you and says they want your support that you support them them as the whole person mm-hmm. I love that you said that because that's spot on. You know, everyone is so unique. And that's the thing. I've had clients ask me over the years, hey, do you you need to calculate my macros? Do I have a calorie requirement? And that's the first thing I ask them is, what's your relationship with food off the bat? Are you going to become obsessive with it? Or are you okay with loosely following? Do you need the structure? And, you know, they're upfront with me. Some will say, well, you know, in the past, it's become an issue. So then I said, let's not, let's not do that. Let's put some loose structure on it versus others who, like you said, those are the clients that need the macros because they're going to do well with it. And the problem was, is when I had my macros calculated by this coach, they, I, I wouldn't even call them a coach. It was somebody who just calculated macros and just gave the people their ratios and said, good luck and on their way, but never took into consideration what this might do to someone. Because that was the thing for me is I was already <laughs> very obsessive about diets and rules and structure and all that. So it did not work for me. At this point in time, I know that I would not have any issues and it would be, you know, oh, I didn't meet my protein requirement at the end of the day. So be it. <laughs> but back then that that was not okay for me. So I love that you said it depends on the person because just like people coming to work with me, not everyone's going to want to <laughs> go with what I you know, believe. So I love that. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to fitness and starting your journey of healing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because even with what I do, so my specialty and focus is autoimmune disease. So if you're not at that place where you even believe healing can happen, it's not going to work for you. And I imagine it's the same for you with weight loss. You know, back again, 15 years ago, when I wanted to lose weight, did I believe that I was worthy of losing weight? I actually didn't. And so if you're mentally in that place where you don't believe healing can happen, that weight loss can happen, whatever it is that you're seeking, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, you're easily at the year mark, if not longer. So you have to go in believing this is going to work for me. I'm going to get results. I'm worthy of it. I'm ready for it, whatever that is. Absolutely. So transitioning over to, we've heard a little bit about your journey. Um, Tell us a little bit more then how that transitioned. And it's a good friend that she spoke that truth to you at that particular time, because who knows if she didn't. And if you didn't listen at that particular time, if you'd be here or not at this particular time. But tell us how you transitioned from the 15 year journey to now being a nutritionist. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was, gosh, when she said that, I think I was just starting my nutrition program. And so thankfully that was a blessing in itself because then I started realizing, okay, this is what intuitive eating looks like. These are healthy and unhealthy habits. This is what I'm after is health. It's not weight loss. It's not the external appearance. It's not pleasing others. It's for me. And so slowly those shifts began happening and I started viewing, you know, a balance and they taught us the 8515 principle, which That was a loose structure that I work really well with. So if 85% of the time your food is nutrient dense, it's nourishing, it's, you know, repleting your cells, then 15% of the time it can handle these, you know, factory made foods. So 
I liked that loose structure because then it gave me leeway. And if I want a cookie, I'm not going to beat myself up for it versus before. So I very gradually just started shifting into that and focusing more on the whole foods and not beating myself up and feeling good. And by the time I finished my degree, I had a much better understanding of how food impacted the body versus I'm just doing this to lose weight, or I'm hoping this is going to make me feel better. So I really understood biochemically, you know, that whole piece about what's what's going on in my body. And then I mean, up until now, so now it is very much intuitive eating. I mean, I, there's still principles in the back of my mind, which I'm sure you'll get like, do I have some protein and some fiber and some fat with those meals? I'm always thinking that even with snacks, you know, I want to balance my blood sugar, but I'm not obsessive. I'm not counting anything because if I get into the counting, it's not my favorite thing, but there's that loose structure. So I'm still thinking that every day. But like I said, if I have a day where I slip up and it's like, okay, I had the protein, fiber, fat, but I didn't have as much fiber as I wanted, or I didn't get as much protein. I don't care <laughs> because I'm going based on how my body feels that day too. And I'm not going to beat myself up if I feel like I want more carbs in a day, then I'm going to have more carbs and, you know, little things like that. So it was a gradual journey. Cause let me tell you, it was 15 years ago that I started the yo-yoing and then probably 12 years ago when I started the healthy yo-yoing and then it's just progressed. So, I mean, we're talking a decade of unlearning some of those principles I had taught myself, but at the same time, I did it on my own. You know, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have anyone guiding me. It was a, a mental and emotional and physical with the food journey going forward. And yeah, completely different today. I love that. And leading on from that. So that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask really. If somebody, how would you encourage somebody else who is in that stage and they are really toying between the idea of whether I get a coach or whether I do it on my own? How would you encourage that person as to making that decision? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it depends on where you're at in your journey. Because I mean, if you know that you're ready to change your relationship with food, it's hard to do on your own. I mean, for me, again, it came with a nutrition degree. So even though I didn't have a coach, I still spent money getting a degree. I could not have done that on my own. And if I had come to that realization, I think it would have taken me even longer. So even though it's been a decade of learning and unlearning things, the transition happened pretty quickly after my friend made that comment. But that's because I was also starting to study nutrition. So if you know that you have changes that need to be made, relationship with food, things like that, hire somebody. You know, it's going to speed up the process for you. It's going to eliminate a lot of pain, <laughs> mental, emotional again, and you'll get results quicker. So if somebody wanted to work with you, how would they reach out to you to? Yeah. So like I said, I specialize in autoimmune now. Um, that's my focus because of my own husband's journey, in fact. And so they can find me on my website, www.unnourishedlifenutrition.com, or I'm on Facebook. Um slash a nourished life nutrition and Instagram, same thing. <laughs> Just remember a nourished life nutrition. A nourished to life or a nourished life? A nourished life. So if somebody is literally struggling with autoimmune, what would be some of the tips that you would give them? Mm, okay. So it's funny because it's similar to probably what you tell people if they're dealing with not just emotional eating, but unhealthy eating habits, first recognize that you have a, a, a problem, right? So some people with autoimmune are like, this is it for me. I've been diagnosed and it's it. Just like back when I had these unhealthy dietary habits, 
this is it for me. I'm just going to try every diet under the sun. I'm never going to feel well, whatever it is. So starting at that place, but then also recognizing there is healing that can happen. A lot of people throw in the towel. And that's really what I wanted to say is don't throw in the towel. It doesn't matter how impossible it seems, whether it's changing eating habits or putting autoimmune disease in remission, it all goes back to the same thing, the beliefs and knowing that people have been out there doing this for forever. You know, you can heal. My husband is living proof of that, of putting autoimmune disease in remission. I'm proof of building a better relationship and disordered eating habits. So recognize that there is help out there. Don't just roll over. That's an Instagram post. I said, don't roll over and just accept your diagnosis because there are things that you can do. There's people that you can work with. There's simple changes you can make in your life. So just stop and think about, okay, what's going on in my life that might be stressing my body out? Because People are very intuitive and we don't tap into that intuition for our own bodies. But, you know, oh, okay, let me think about this. You know what? The last six months I was ridiculously stressed out. And I, because of that, I was binge eating and I was eating all this stuff. Maybe that was a trigger for my body. Maybe now I can start working on that relationship with food. Or, you know, I worked in a building and it flooded and we had toxic mold. Maybe that actually led to how I'm feeling. Now I'm going to find somebody to see if my theory is right. So listen to your intuition. And like I said, don't just roll over and take whatever you've been diagnosed with and think this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life because it's not there is help. So keep pushing forward. Kira, it has been amazing having you on the show. And it's been so good being able to connect with you. Yeah. So thank, thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Faith, Food and Fitness Memoirs of Faith podcast brought to you by yours truly, Verona. So glad that you tuned in with us. Looking forward to having you on the next episode.